0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of No Lights Paranormal Podcast, where three nerdy paranormal investigators sit down and discuss spooky stories from the web. My name is Joe, I'm the lead investigator.
1: My name is Teresa, I'm a researcher. And I'm Alex, the equipment setter upper
2: tech wizard, Bobby Yaga enthusiast, <laughs> etc.
0: All around geeky person.
1: etc. <laughs> mm-hmm. so
2: true. So yeah,
0: any announcements this week?
1: So the only real announcements is, you know, again, I just wanted to thank uh, Rob yeah. Demars for being on the show this past week. I really enjoyed the story that he told and, mm-hmm. and the way that he delivered it was super cool. Uh, he did say that he will be back. Obviously, he is a busy guy, so I don't know when that's going to be. And then, of course, we are going to Madison Seminary this Friday. So come uh, next week, we'll probably have some interesting stories to share with you on that one. Um. That's really the only thing I can think of.
0: All right. So that's a big announcement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, yeah. Um, Alex, you got anything on this?
2: Uh, No. Other than I think we are going to stick with the, depending on how fast we get guests, and I think we have some lined up. Uh, I do. Other than the fact that there is that minor format edit of the last podcast of the month will just yeah. be a roundtable mm-hmm, instead yeah. of... Mm-hmm stories
1: you have to bear with us on that one because we uh still get a format for it now yeah <laughs> yeah we gotta we gotta perfect it
2: yeah yeah it's gonna be a campfire talk yeah, yeah
1: this month will probably be a whole bunch of shenanigans uh but we'll we'll get a format together
2: yeah
0: so yeah no i'm looking forward to that uh yeah we can probably talk to that after we get done recording this beautiful um but yeah let's just jump right into it then
1: all right <laughs> joe why don't you go ahead and tell us your story for this week oh by the way north carolina we are doing North Carolina. I'm so sorry yes. we didn't get to tell you last week. Because no, we did. did. Did we? No, we did No, I think yeah. we were no, so... No, I forgot.
2: until after I clicked the... Uh, uh, yeah, okay. we were so okay.
1: incredibly excited about the Rob story and him joining us and whatnot yeah. that we completely forgot. Well, so, yes, North Carolina. This well, time.
0: no, Rob, I love you, man. You were great. But you kind of screwed me up a little bit because you said Texas, aren't oh. It? <laughs> I? Oh. I started, up, started looking up stories for Texas. Oh, that's funny. And I texted these guys. I'm like, hey, wait, are we researching...
1: Yeah, and they're, they're like, yeah, and they're no, like no, no, North Carolina.
0: I'm like, oh shit, i got to revamp here. Hold on. So yes, I did, redid the research that I was going into, and North Carolina, you are dear to my heart. I love, I'm love i a Tar Heel fan myself. Always have been. Uh, and that's where I was going to go to college, was North Carolina. If I got the scholarship that I was going for, but I blew up my knee, didn't get it, that's a story for another time. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But I loved researching this because I love that region down there. North Carolina's always been one of my favorite states. Love. So, Doing Shout the research. out to
2: my little brother Jimmy and my buddy Eric Hess, who actually I think Eric just moved back up here. Did little he? Jimmy? Did he? Little well,
1: Jimmy. Little Jimmy. Well, he's little because he's you know the little brother, but he's not a, a baby. He's yeah. you know.
2: To be yeah. fair, all of my family's little to me. So. Got an extraordinarily <laughs>
1: beautiful <laughs> wife and two absolutely gorgeous children. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm literally the tallest in my family, so yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, upon researching it, loved it because I also researched it when I was looking to go down there for college. Awesome. Um, so I, I, just so much lore down there, so much to do down there. It's just a great state all around. But one of the stories that caught my eye this week is the siren of the French broad. Um, that kind of stuck out to me a little bit because sirens are one of those sailory time things that always interests me, like sirens, mermaids, stuff like that. They're in Greek mythology. It kind of always interested me with it. Uh, But this one stuck out a little bit because of the river that it's on. It's actually the only river that flows north. It flows in reverse. That's pretty cool. And so it's a little bit mystical right off the bat. Uh, But yeah, so uh, the story that I found is actually one from an article of where it was first mentioned. The story of the Siren of the French Broad first appears in a print in 1845 as Zalika, Um, a tradition of the French Broad, a 64-line poem by William Gilmore Sims, published in his Southern and Western magazine, but is more widely known from the 1896 retelling of Charles Montgomery Skinner's Myth and Legends of Our Own Land. Uh, Yeah, and I actually had to research the pronunciation of that word, so I didn't (laughs) sound like an idiot. Uh, one of the most puzzling mysteries of the French Broad River itself is why exactly is it French? The name first appears in the official records in 1777 and may come from the fact that with treaty, with the Treaty of Paris that ended with the French and Indian War in 1763, all waters that flowed into the Mississippi Basin were deemed French territory. Uh, the French Broad flo- flows west into Tennessee River which eventually joins the Mississippi and so the name might have been given around that time. There's also an Another nearby river that has been named the Broad River. So the French could have been added to help differentiate from the nearby Broad River. (coughs) Which kind of makes sense. But like I said, it's a different river because it flows differently than all of it. So it's a weird mix. Uh, Skinner reports that the Cherokee name for the river was Silica, spelled with a T. uh, Though this may be more product of Skinner's imagination than the Cherokee language. Cherokee naming conventions also differed from the European ones along with the Eastern Native American naming conventions in general, Uh, in that the Native Americans tended to not give single names to entire rivers, but instead gave individual names to geographically important features along the river. Uh, This approach certainly makes more sense if you're traveling along the river instead of looking at it on a map, but it's a source of miscommunication between Europeans conducting surveys and the Indians being asked the questions. (laughs) Just think about that line in general. It'll crack you (laughs) up. Uh yeah, uh, the Europeans thought they were asking the name of the river, while the Indians were usually given the name of the most convenient feature. Uh, in this way, the names of many similar features transferred themselves onto entire rivers. Uh, the not-so-distant Hiawassee River derives from the name from the Cherokee word meaning stone Stonewall, hmm. uh, which is also a landmark perhaps built by the Moonite people. Interesting. Which, I don't know if you guys came across that in your research.
1: I know who they are. Not yeah. from this, but I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So... Uh, that's a little bit of history on the river itself, where it got its name, why it's considered French, but there have been many reports of sirens along this river. Uh, a lot of people have went camping there. Um, there's one recant, and I believe that is a picture of it in this, uh, where a young man went camping there one night, and it never gave a specific date, so I'm not too sure of the accuracy of it, but this, again, it's a story that I'm reading. Um, he went camping there one night, just along the river, like me and Alex have done many times in mm-hmm. our life, and everything was good during the day, everything was copacetic, beautiful scenery, he was serene, he was peaceful. Went to go to bed that night. Went to his tent and heard singing coming from the river, and mind you, this river also has whirlpools in it. Whirlpool in the river. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds bad to me. Again, it goes into a different kind of
2: river.
1: It takes me to a d
0: episode. Right. Almost so, like a mystical kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Clearly,
2: he's never been to Appalachia before because, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, he
0: heard singing that night, beautiful singing, coming from the river, didn't pay it any mind, thought it was other people camping and all that other stuff, so just went to bed, which, dude, you got balls of steel if you do that, because if I, mm-hmm. I'm out there by myself and I hear singing, I'm going to question it and stay up a little bit longer.
1: It's like, okay, I'm good. I'm out. Bye. I'm so,
0: day two comes along, same thing. He went fishing a little bit, went out, did his thing. Come back, cooked it. As he's cooking it, here's the singing again. Kind of gets a little bit more freaked out, like, all right, goes around, yeah, well, kind of investigates. There. Doesn't see anybody within the general vicinity. It said he walked like two to three miles around his camp. Didn't see anybody. Two to three miles is a broad range when you're looking for people because whose voice carries two to three miles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, third night, which it was his final night there. Uh, again, day was calm. He was peaceful, kind of a little bit leery because he heard all this stuff. Decided to go to bed. It's his final night there. He's going to stay there, get up in the morning, pack up, and go. Went to bed, heard the singing again. This time, though, he actually got out of his tent. <laughs> Famous last
2: words. And that's when he realized he fucked up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
0: that's the moment right there. So, yeah, he gets out of his tent, unzips it, kind of look, peers out, walks down the river a little bit, and sees a creature... Sitting upon the rock, sitting upon this rock, which he actually took a picture of, but I can't see it in it. It's literally right there. Ooh. And I'll post the picture that's later on. But he said he saw a creature sitting upon that rock, serenading something. Oh my. And it was just singing a beautiful song, like you hear in the old time stories of sirens and all uh, that.
1: That's a terrible idea.
0: And he said he felt the incredible urge to go closer.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Which, if you know anything about siren songs, they entrance you. And he said if it wasn't for something rustling in the back of him, he would have kept moving forward. So he had a distraction. Because by the time he took that picture to where he was at, he was halfway there. Failed his charisma. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. So there's about a three to four minute time lapse in his memory from when he first saw it to when he heard something that snapped him out of it.
1: Dude. Uncool.
0: Yeah. So... It's uh, by a siren. So he promptly hauled ass out of there. <laughs> and I, I believe the story says he left all of his equipment, left his tent, left everything there and just hauled ass back to his car and got the fuck out of there.
1: That super reminds me of the story of the man who threw his gun at a ghost.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly,
1: um, and that's
0: just the one story that was recorded. There's been multiple stories of people seeing, hearing a, a song being sung along that river Crazy. when they're just going down, and it's in multiple locations. It's not just in one. So whether or not there's one or more sirens down there, nobody knows.
1: That's that's creepy.
0: Yeah, and yeah, the the young man was also in the newspaper with this article, and he described his two, three minute lapse of memory mm-hmm. and I asked him what it was he goes I don't know it wasn't me at the time
1: that's so fucking weird
0: because he actually had pictures that he was still excuse <coughs> taking pictures of at the time and of course as we've experienced before when you have pictures that you think you got something and you get home no you didn't exactly so, <laughs> those pictures are no longer there
2: habits and the best of
0: yeah and I've experienced that multiple times but there's also been recorded Instances up and down that river of other things as well, as, par- as far as ghostly spirits, black fog, a uh, whole bunch of different stuff.
1: Did they have any idea why?
0: No. Hmm. The only thing that somebody actually said was the the way the river flows goes against the natural selection. Or natural just selection.
1: Just potentially some sort of weird so magnetism, ley line yes. sort of thing.
0: so as maybe creating some sort of aura that is calling things to it. Or it's just, hey, this place is cool, let's hang out.
1: Weird. Very weird. Also, right. that's
2: the heart of Cherokee, Appalachia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> So there,
0: there's there's a whole slew of things that we can possibly throw a guess at on a dartboard. But right. whether or not we know it, it's up for grabs. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I found that one interesting because, like I said, I've always been into Greek mythology. So I found the siren in America
1: kind of cool. Yeah, that is, that is Because you cool. actually don't hear that a lot. And I think that that might be actually the very first uh, siren story
0: that I've heard in, in America maybe I don't know uh, probably people don't really talk about it all that much
1: I would, yeah. it's like hey I
0: heard beautiful singing out in the woods but probably just some chick <laughs> about. and to be actually we've heard that in a certain place that we go a certain tune being sung
1: Mm-hmm. so I have heard you guys say that before uh-huh. but I personally oh, right. have not been there <laughs> yeah. but the but weird part yeah.
0: is there's no river there no. So I it's I mean there's there kind of is but it's like a creek. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not <laughs> really so yeah, most of the time
2: it's dried up. It's yeah. <laughs>
0: it's not really something somebody's going to be chilling at. But it's fishing. not
2: far from Right.
0: So yeah, it, it's and actually the one night we stayed there heard that didgeridoo.
1: Yeah,
2: that Uh that was the lake that wasn't the creek.
0: Yeah, but that was close to yeah, it. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I just like <laughs>
0: When I saw it, read. That, excuse me, I just got over cold again. So uh, when I when I read the story that the river flows the opposite direction of most other rivers, that caught my eye because that's just unheard of. You don't fi- you don't find that a lot.
1: That is very strange.
0: Uh, and even if you do, and I just sound like an idiot, prove me wrong. Uh-huh. Exactly. Fuck it. But yeah, in the whirlpools and all that other stuff, they just found that it's an interesting spot on the river, and no one knows why it's like that. So, but yeah, they've reported many many things there.
2: Yeah, no. no, to be fair, I think I've only ever heard one story that was similar to that, and I believe it was in South America, the one that I heard that was like a yeah, siren-type yeah. thing, and that yeah. one actually claimed lives. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, no, reportedly nobody's died there yet. Yeah. So either the siren is just like, hey, just kidding. Well, or there's a whirlpool, a whirlpool so... <laughs> yeah, or we just haven't found them yet, so... <laughs> but yeah, that's my story for this week.
1: That's a good so. one, I dig it. I dig it never did think about a... uh, I'm sitting here, like, fucking Googling shit now. You know how I am. (laughs) Real-time fat (laughs) checker. I can't help myself. (laughs) So, I love it. I can't help it. So, I actually went with a story that was pretty interesting. So, it's kind of funny that you went with, like, you know, the river and potential, like, sirens and crazy shit like that. Because I also went with um, a rather interesting pirate story. Um that, ...that takes place in North Carolina on the shores of um, the Ocracoke Island, which is in the outer banks of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, it's located on the uh, southernmost part of Cape Hatteras National Seashore, uh, very close to Springer's Point. Uh, there's a channel that's called Teach's Hole, um, which is uh, just an interesting place uh, that was the, the favorite anchorage spot... Of a man uh, by the name of Edward Teach, which is why they call it Teach's Hole. Um, so, Teach's Hole is a very, very interesting place. So, here's here's the story. Um, there's a small beachside forest along the shores of Ocracoke Island, adjacent to Teach's Hole, the deep water anchorage where this man was. Uh, It was his his favorite anchorage, and it was also the place where he was killed in the year 1718. They called it The Point at that time, and today it is just a lonely and silent place. Visitors will discover ancient live oaks and cedars forming a protective canopy above the low dunes in this forlorn place. Close to the shoreline, everything seems sculpted by the indomitable winds. Bleached shells and bones of songbirds and shorebirds with regularity are deposited upon the beach and life goes on. Today, Teach's Hole, there is a shop where you can buy all things pirate, including a life-size replica of this gentleman, Edward Teach. Now, super awesome, um, Edward Teach is also known as the Wicked Pirate Blackbeard.
2: I right. well, not one with my role-playing room. I know, right? I want a life-size Blackbeard. <laughs> <Break.
1: Break. laughs> <laughs> um, Blackbeard was a tall man with a very long black beard that hid most of his face and extended clear down to his waist. Uh, he is often associated as being one of the meanest of the pirates in history and one without mercy to have wreaked havoc on the brave seafarers during what was the golden age of piracy. Um... I do believe that everyone has heard of Blackbeard. Mm -hmm. Um, He is painted as an intimidating person. Uh, He tied his beard up in pigtails adorned with black and red ribbons. Super fun. (coughs) Uh, He wore a bandolier over his shoulder and three braces of pistols. And he was reported to hang two slow-burning cannon fuses from his fur cap uh, that wreathed his head in black smoke, like, all the time. Occasionally, he would set fire to his rum using gunpowder and then drink it, flame it all.
0: Fucking
2: LARPers.
1: Right? (laughs) Others claimed that he would fight... Hey, I know that drink. (laughs) (laughs) ...with matches lit in his beard, just stuck in his beard lit, to strike fear into the heart of his enemies. Um, A lot of people believe that he was just simply the devil incarnate. Um, The whole
0: thing screams, leave me alone. (laughs) <laughs> right,
1: Blackbeard was the master of intimidation, uh, with fire in his eyes, a brace of pistols, daggers, a cutlass at his side, slow-burning fuses, protrude, protruding, I can read, from under his tri-cornered hat, and his thick black beard was often tangled and decorated with ribbons. It is said that Teach sent most merchant captains uh, scurrying to raise the white flag with the mere sight of him. So, there's a little bit of history here about Blackbeard that I totally wanted to go over because it's super fun. So, uh, interesting facts about him that a lot of people are unaware of. There is actually a story where he was sitting in the captain's quarters with his right-hand man who was named Israel Hands. Um, They were drinking, hanging out, whatever. Um, Blackbeard sat forward in his chair, blew out a candle that was sitting on the table, uh, pulled out his gun, and shot his first mate, Israel, in the knee. Just for no reason.
0: Israel Hans, blow your knee.
1: (laughs) Right. He said, when Hans asked Blackbeard why he just shot him, He simply relit his candle and said, if I don't shoot one or two crewmen now and then, they'd forget who I am. I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He would lead his men in challenges. One of them was super interesting. They all got ridiculously drunk, and he wanted to see who was the toughest man on the ship so he sealed absolutely everybody including himself um, down in the below section of the ship and absolutely closed off everything all exits all doorways everything was closed off and then he lit a pot of sulfur on fire um sulfur is toxic you do not want to be breathing that in so of course as this is burning smoke is filling the air um, the men are choking desperate for their lives they start pounding on locked doors begging to be released eventually the other sailors who were not down there opened up the door and let them out he made positive to be the last man out of the acidic air and as he was walking out through the pale yellow fog he yelled damn ye yellow-bellied sap suckers i'm a better i'm better man than all ye milk socks put together
0: Funny thing about that. Uh. You ever talk to a military personnel about training? No. They do the same thing in basic training.
1: Oh, absolutely. Are you talking about like the smoke grenades? Going in and taking off oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And just breathing in. Uh, he says uh, afterwards he told his men, next time we shall play at gallows and see who can swing longest on the string without being throttled. Uh, but this time his men knew better and no one volunteered to play the game with him.
2: Well... Welcome to the invention of hazing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Blackbeard, surprisingly, was incredibly popular with the women. He was married at least fourteen times. Yes.
2: So he was picky.
1: Right. Well, the vast majority of his wives left him, or just
2: really fucking bad at it. Um, he
1: could not go, like, onto land and get married in a church because you know he's a criminal. So he would have basically mock weddings on the deck of the ship, and his crew would you know, be there and perform the wedding ceremonies and whatnot. And apparently, he was incredibly sentimental when it came to women, and he treated every single woman he was ever with like she was his very first love. Like he was phenomenal to these women. But totally was. here's the <laughs> catch. On their wedding night, he would invite in four or five of his buddies off the deck, and they would just get to hang out with his wife. So all of his wives ended up leaving him. Pretty early on in their mock marriage. Yeah. Um, he had his very own personal syphilis syringe um, full of mercury, which he used to treat his raging syphilis symptoms.
2: Well, that'll put lead in your pencil.
1: After, you know, years and years literally. of... Chasing booty, booty, haha. Um, this was found on his ship. It, it now sits in a historical um, museum dedicated to Blackbeard. Um, he would get drunk and steal people's hats. Um, very, very important. Once, once the the rum would flow, um, he would just just randomly grab hats and chuck them overboard. It's just the thing. Ugly hat. Yeah. Um, he came from a family with uh, massive amounts of money. He was actually incredibly wealthy, old money. He was a pirate because he felt like it, not because he needed money. Gotta respect that.
2: <laughs> man of his own way.
1: Mm-hmm. First person in
2: the world to chase his the dreams. <laughs> mm-hmm, there you go. <laughs> or nightmares, either way. Whatever.
1: One. <laughs> Uh, Blackbeard kept canvas bags full of glass, and nails, and lead on his ships that he would use to spray shrapnel at target ships um, instead of cannonballs. So he was like one of the first guys who actually did this. So he would just shoot random crazy glass and nails and shit at your ship instead of cannonballs. Um,
2: Seems like a better way to go, really. Right. <laughs>
1: Um, he may have loved women enough to marry 14 of them, but he was a very, very strict believer that women were not to be at sea. Therefore, if he captured any women while out on his travels on the sea, um, he would actually strangle them to death. That was that was his big thing. All women were strangled to death by his own two hands. Oh, okay. So he's a lover. Yep, he's a lover.
2: Well, I mean, that's been the age-old... Yeah, you know, really like can't women are of bad, luck, it's bad it's luck. luck. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, he did, in fact, uh, get the British government to uh, give him a full royal pardon for all of his transgressions um, when he decided to quit piracy. Interestingly enough, about 250 years ago from today, um, this gruesome figure had his head chopped off near the point, which is today known as Teach's Hole. Uh, it is here where he would seek Anchorage and Anchorage in his later years, his, his very favorite spot. So Edward Teach was killed by Robert Lieutenant Robert Maynard of the British Royal Navy when his vessel, the HMS Ranger and the HMS Jane, engaged the Adventure, which was Blackbeard's ship's name in, in later days, uh, it must be noted, by this time, Blackbeard had retired from piracy, having agreed on the pardon from the British Crown and swore allegiance to the Crown. However, the governor of Virginia, a man named Alexander Spotswood, um, didn't, didn't really... Well, he was like, nah, nah, you're not pardoned, fuck you. So he wanted Blackbeard gone for good, so he sent Lieutenant Maynard after him. Always
2: some Henry Gooder out there.
1: Exactly. <laughs> When they came upon the adventure um, there in the anchorage where he just loved to be, um, they were hit with a devastating broadside attack. Midshipman Hyde, captain of the smaller HMS Jane, was killed along with six other men. Ten men were also wounded in the surprise attack. The sloop fell astern and was little help in the following action. Maynard continued his pursuit. In the HMS Ranger, managing to blast the adventure's rigging, forcing it ashore, Maynard ordered many of his crew into the holds and ready to be boarded. As the ship approached, Blackbeard saw the mostly empty decks, and he assumed that it was safe for his men to board. So with ten men, he climbed aboard the Ranger, where Maynard emerged, and him and and his men engaged Teach in a bloody fight to the death. Blackbeard fought hard, however... Um, He was shot five times and stabbed 20 times before he finally took a knee and collapsed on the deck of the ship, bleeding to death. Just to add insult to injury, Lieutenant Maynard decided that he was going to behead Blackbeard, where he then... Uh, carried his head to various ports on the eastern North Carolina coast. Ultimately, it was impaled on a stake at the entrance of the harbor at Hampton, Virginia, as a warning against other brethren of the coast that rule the law, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So it gets a little better than that, though. He actually threw his body after he beheaded him into the sea. And um, so interestingly enough... Legend has it that the remainder of his crew, which was now shackled and bound for trial, watched uh, Blackbeard's headless body uh, swim laps around the vessel three times before it finally sank to the bottom of the sea. So, fun.
2: Listen, I don't know the semantics. However, I have slaughtered barnyard animals. Yeah, I, I do know that things move. Re- yep, they still move after you take yeah, your bed. apparently though. he yeah.
1: did three laps around the ship. Never done it with a human. Right. <laughs> well, Blackbeard must be like a chicken or something. Right. I don't know.
2: Mythbusters.
1: <laughs> right.
2: But yeah. <laughs> i do not going
1: to figure that one out. But okay. So to this, like the least. <laughs> yeah. Right. To this day, Grant um, islanders <laughs> that are brave and foolhardy enough to venture out. To the point, after dark, very routinely, even to this day, there's there's literally hundreds of thousands of accounts, um, seeing the ghost of Blackbeard himself pacing along the shoreline, uh, lost in agony, presumably looking for his missing head. They also see a light, a bluish-white light, out in the water um, that has uh, sometimes revealed itself to be a headless man, swimming through the currents um they have also seen his head in various places uh just with a, a nasty quirky smile on it and a long beard with red ribbons in it um I just so looking for a little head, I that's all it is, is looking for a little head but yeah so so apparently um these days you can go out to the island but you have to take either a um city owned boat or you can take your own j- own boat out there um, but yeah, you can, you pretty much, pretty much on a moonlit night right out there in, in the bay, you are pretty much guaranteed at some point to see the ghost of Blackbeard walking around without his head.
2: No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I read that story. I was actually going to do that story. I think
1: it's a great story.
0: Because <laughs> the picture that pulled me was it had actually, Blackbeard's head swinging from the mast. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs>
2: and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, mm, let those two fight over it. <laughs> No fight.
1: I love it. So, Alex, tell us your story. Uh, my story.
2: My story is kind of a weird two-parter that just slides right in there together. Um. So, uh, it was in 1879 that a man named S. C. Satterweight uh first came to Waynesville from South Carolina by stagecoach. Stagecoach. Uh, he came to visit the White Sulphur Springs Hotel, uh, but it was on, a, on this trip that he met his soon-to-be wife, Hester Ann Smathers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hester Smathers. <laughs> uh,
2: they married and in 1890 moved to Waynesville where he opened a builder's depot and a lumberyard uh, that is in what is now the frog section, the frog level section. Interesting. Uh, a year later, he bought a 204-acre tract on Janus- J- Junaluska, Junaluska Mountain uh, from W.H. Nichols. Uh, in 1893, along with his brother-in-law, George H. Smathers, uh, bought three more tracts of land on the mountain and acquired a 25-foot right-of-way from E.P. Hyatt uh with the contract stating that the road would have to be finished by 1898. Uh, So uh, according to various oral histories uh, they say that groups of Cherokee Indians were hired to build the road uh, to the top of the mountain. Uh, When large rocks were encountered they would build fires and pour water on the rock to create fractures before busting them up. Uh it is said the progress of the road can be measured by how high up the mountain the fires were located. Whether this is true sure or not, the five-mile road was finished and opened by the state of the art by the start of the 1898 tourist season. Uh many news articles from that year mentioned the road and its unsurpassed views. Uh the road was known as the Graded Drive to the Eagle's View. Um, at this point, it appears that in 1899, Mr. Satterwhite started the construction of a 40-room hotel. Uh, it was to have three large stone chimneys, a dining room large enough to seat 100 guests, and a rooftop observatory. Um That's
1: a big fucking dining
2: room. Yes. Uh, and at that point... Uh, the Eagles Nest Hotel opened in July 24th of 1900 and was handsomely furnished throughout. Uh, it did attract patrons from all over the country, especially during hay fever season when the hotel advertised no hay fever at Eagles Nest Hotel and no annoyance from children. Over a thousand guests stayed at the hotel in, 1903, in the 1903 season. It became so popular that Mr. Shatterweight added Ten rooms and tents along the ridge. Um, let's see here. In a short time, uh, the Eagles Nest became a staple of Waynesville tourist the tour, uh, a staple of the Waynesville tourist industry. Uh, but with its great rise, came its swift fall. Around 3 p.m. on April twenty second of 1918. People on the town noticed smoke coming from the hotel's roof next to the observatory. Uh, Within minutes of the fire's start, Clem Satterwhite Jr. and his brother-in-law, Ernest Withers, uh, together with policemen Will Whitner and John Mule, raced to the scene in Mr. Satterwhite's car. However, by the time they reached the hotel, it was completely engulfed in (laughs) fangs. Uh, At 2,000 feet below, Waynesville was at a standstill as all the children stopped playing and businessmen walked into the streets. Uh, Everyone watched as the flames leaped and great volumes of smoke poured from the tip of the mountain, as if it were an erupting volcano. Uh, In the aftermath, the hotel was a total loss, and the cause was never identified. Uh, The building was empty at the time, and it had been for two weeks since the servants uh, it had been two weeks since the, service had been, or the servants had built a fire there. Uh, the structure at the time was valued at between fifty and $60,000 and had only had $21,000 worth of insurance covered. Uh, the Sadderweights had said that they wouldn't rebuild, but there were talks uh, in the ni- into the 1930s of rebuilding by other groups, though sufficient capital was never acquired. Uh, Nearly 20 years after the fire, uh, the Alaska Drive Road was only accessed by horseback and hiking. Uh, Automobiles had not been allowed there, and by then the road had fallen into disrepair. It was in 1937 that H.G. Stone and H.L. Liner acquired rights, improved the road, and opened the scenic Eagle's Nest Road. Um... Over, the time, over time, the Satterweight estate was sold off by the heirs and the houses. Houses were built on a majority of the lots. Um, nowadays, let's see here. So nowadays, basically what it is, there are giant estates up there. Um, okay. It's gone from a big hotel to multiple estates. Um, uh, it will be... Readily apparent to all who drive to the site why that spot was chosen, the views of Waynesville and the Lesser Mountains uh, are truly unsurpassed. uh, While walking alone on the ridge, because you can still hike up there, Uh, there are plenty of paths along the trail, Um, the occasional piece of fine porcelain will be found uh, and buried in bedrock. Uh, Like the old hotel's ghost, uh, it still watches over the town. Um so there are stories that it is um kind of a poltergeist type (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) estate place like something stuff happened, right? Um but that's not the interesting part of the Eagles Nest Hotel. Uh the Eagles Nest Hotel Uh, again, built in 1900 by Mr. Satter-Wade. Uh Shortly after arriving, uh, guests at the hotel soon began to hear the strange story of a strange <coughs> creature who lived in the area. Uh, this thing was not quite man, but not quite an animal. Yeah. It stood eight feet tall, and every inch of its body was covered in shaggy gray hair except for its human face. Uh, the locals came to name the creature Boojum. Boojum seemed to be harmless enough but he did have two all too human habits. Uh, First of these is the Boojum was greedy and loved to hoard gems. Rubies and emeralds are found naturally throughout the mountains of North Carolina and Boojum loved to hunt for these pretty precious stones and hide them away in his own treasure hordes. Being a Thrifty Mountain type, he would scoop up the discarded liquor jugs thrown away by tourists and fill these with gems. Uh, He would then bury uh, bury them in one of his secret caves on the mountain that only he knew the whereabouts of. Bujav's other bad habit (laughs) that made him a little more man than animal was that he loved to look at pretty girls. (laughs) Okay. He was a peeping bigfoot. Back in those days, a young woman who wanted to have a bath might head off into the woods and find a secluded pond at the base of a waterfall. There, safe from human eyes, she would strip down to her naturalness and go about cleansing herself. But Boojum seemed to have a kind of sense about what was going on and when it was going on. And a young woman enjoying the water, enjoying herself in the water, would often hear a rustle in the bushes. To look up and see his hairy face peering down at her. <laughs> Now most of these girls would quickly <laughs> Exactly. Now most of these girls would quickly gather up their clothes and run off back home as soon as they saw them, But one young woman named Annie was braver than most. And one day when she was bathing in a stream deep in the Basalm groves on Eagle's Nest, she looked up and saw Boo Jam staring down at her. But Annie didn't run. In fact she looked under Boo Jam's several flies and saw that above all else he was just a lonely soul living on the mountain. Annie fell in love with those sad eyes and she fell in love with Bujum and she left her home and her family to go and live with Bujum deep in the mountain woods as his wife. And that's
0: how we get the Baba Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: as much as Bujum loved Annie and as much as Annie loved Bujum Bujum still hung on to his love of jewels. On certain nights he would leave his bride alone and go searching for jewels on the mountain. Annie, growing lonely, would go out in search of Boojum, and she developed a particular holler. Uh, something that sounded like a cross between a monkey and a hooting owl, uh, that she would use to call out Boojum. <laughs> a monkey and a howling owl? A monkey and a hooting owl. Continue. <laughs> jum would use the same cry to call back to her, and eventually the two calls would come closer and closer together until they came together on the hills. Uh, Annie and Boojum calling to each other was often heard by guests at the Eagle's Nest Hotel, uh, and folklorist John Parrish has said that Annie's owl-like holler was the source of the term hootnang. <coughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I could never say that again with right? <laughs> Which appeared in language around the twentieth century and meant any kind of a party or get together. Uh, it was in the nineteen sixties that the term was introduced to a wider public. Uh, that Annie's approach to encountering a giant shaggy beast was to marry him as testament of the well known friendliness of North Carolinans. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> and it may be that Annie and Boo Jum had children, for occasionally, even to this day, a shaggy ape-like creature creature is seen in the balsam groves of Heywood County. Oh my! So God. that is the story of Boo Jum and Hoot Nanny. And a- Hoot That.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Only you would find that story.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. I don't even know.
0: Like, what would you even consider that?
1: Folklore. Mean maybe right. Maybe. No, no, no.
0: Like is it Bethphilia? <laughs> I, I want to see that would be more like
1: what is, what is I, don't, I don't know what's the nasty one with animals that one. there we yeah
0: the animal one
1: mm-hmm.
0: bestiality bestiality Woo. that's I, where I mix those two up
1: mm-hmm.
2: but he was a monkey man like I don't know It was a Bigfoot
1: I mean no, ironically
2: if you look out through all the Bigfoot encounters of hunters right yeah. that's their explanation for not shooting one it's because oh well it looked too human I couldn't do it <laughs>
0: I'm
1: like, Blam! Last
0: time I saw a human, they weren't twelve feet tall with <laughs> hair all over. Hair. Them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: saw the face and it looked human. Blam! All right, exactly. oh, <laughs> there some hairy people out there, but yeah, <laughs> no not eight foot tall ones.
1: Because we just proved that Bigfoot exists. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Hoot Nanny, Hoot Nanny, Hoot thunk it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
0: And it's funny because when you put that in the text earlier, I thought it was like I, I didn't read it as Hoot Nanny. Yeah, I read it as Hootin
1: Annie. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: that's actually the title of the article uh, that I gathered most of my information from. It's, it literally is called The Story of Jum and Hootin Annie.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing, and I loved every second of it.
2: <laughs> yes. You thought I was just telling the story about a hotel for no reason. You thought it was going to be a normal haunting.
1: No, uh, yeah, I figured, no, I no we got Sasquatch and his story. wife. Sasquatch <laughs> and his
0: woman, Annie. I mean, leave it to like that area to find that Bigfoot got married.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just friendly. No, boyfriend. he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Her sad eyes, I love it. That's amazing. That's a great story.
2: Uh but yes, the remnants of this hotel uh, it was in Waynesville North Carolina, and now, like I said, it is kind of a higher-end estate type place mm-hmm. that just looks <laughs> over the mountain. Apparently, the views are absolutely gorgeous. Hmm, I don't live in North Carolina, I couldn't tell you.
0: Well, oh, I mean, I've toured it. There's a lot of beautiful, beautiful places down
2: there. But, <laughs> and
1: I've definitely seen my fair share of mountains living, in, living near the Appalachia, but... Listen, uh, as much as we
2: love here mountains in and hiking <laughs> and forests, like got all the makings for my dream home exactly yeah. right plus it's got married
0: Bigfoot
1: A married <laughs> Bigfoot and all his little hairy children running around the forest <laughs> to this day.
0: those poor kids
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing. the only ones
0: in existence
1: that's that's amazing so <laughs> so I oh so many jokes <laughs> That, uh, I guess that wraps up our North Carolina, huh? That
2: that yep. wraps up
0: North Carolina. Yeah. I love it. No, I, I absolutely love North Carolina. So, like I said, I was going to go there for college. I've always been a Dargill fan, that region fan. So, yeah.
1: That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. I
0: was like, sweet. I don't have to do a lot of research. I already know this. So,
1: <laughs> you know,
2: I'll be honest with you. Next to Florida, which is mainly old people moving from Ohio, yeah. Like, North Carolina is, it seems like, where all the young Ohio people go. Yep. Yep. Yeah, true. Yep, because near the sea. Right.
1: I'm tired of living near cold water, they want to move to warm water.
0: I can literally live in Antarctica at this point.
1: Right.
0: Feels the same. It's, it Ohio weather, more bipolar than all my exes. Right.
1: And that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody's exes. Yeah. So, looking at our stats, where are we going next week?
2: Oh looking at our stats where we are we going next week? Uh next week is Maryland.
1: Maryland
2: Do we already do Maryland? No. 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 What was here? it? <laughs> we have not. Trust me. I have a list written down and checked off. Well, well no, we I, I, I see that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what was it one? Never mind.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Oh. Maryland. I dig it. Uh, I mean, we may have... So, like, when we were getting forests and stuff, we may yeah. have had a... A
1: forest in Maryland? A right. forest in
2: Maryland, but, yeah.
1: It's very possible.
2: As a state, it hasn't been done yet.
1: Right. Dig it. Cool. Dig it. Maryland. Yeah, I love it. That's amazing. Mm. Sure, Darren.
2: Yeah, I had to write them all down because, like, order changes. Yeah. And yeah. then I have to, like, cross them off as we do them so that I know which
1: one is. <laughs> so we
0: don't get confused and do a state twice in a row because we're old. <laughs> <Exactly>.
1: <laughs> I love it. So today we're do- – oh, no, wait. We did that yesterday. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we did that last week, which is continuing it because it was so good. Yeah,
2: so, <laughs> so North Carolina, you were a blast. I yes. have fun with the folklore stuff. So, I, so do I.
1: I can't handle the. It's a nice change anything. of pace. That's phenomenal to me. No,
2: I
0: I've always loved folklore because it's so out there. <laughs>
1: no, I do have to say though, I didn't find a whole heap of real big ghost stories.
2: Like, uh, I found plenty of them. Yeah, so do I. I just.
1: Chose not to yeah. go that route. Well, it was as, as we're doing
0: the so I'm sure you have the same thing. It's always the same thing. Haunted highway, haunted hotel, haunted this. It, yeah. It's the same. We're just it seems to here. be we're the same the kind of genre. Yeah. Over over. So it's like I it was a like, change was, of pace Yeah. It was yeah. like, all right, let me look in a little bit of the folklore of the land, let me get the labels. I like sure. of
2: I like to kind of make sure like there's a haunted place on the right, and that's why I did talk about Eagle's Nest Hotel. Sadly, it is burnt down. It burnt mm. down in like 1918, right? And because of the insurance policy, they never rebuilt it. Right, right. You mean, what insurance policy? <laughs> They're <Right. laughs> right. right. so like, let me take one out for the third, a third of the value of the property. Yeah.
1: Right. Oops. So yeah, I just I just really <laughs> thought it was pretty cool to to have a for a real pirate story as good as Blackbeard's right there in North Carolina right
2: and that one that, that's yeah that's well known in that region
1: yeah that's a good story
2: you've done pirates two weeks in a row now
1: you're right I have but <laughs> you know what
0: next, show, next week she'll be starting off the podcast arg it's gonna be like my muse I mean it's Maryland time. right
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean well you know obviously we're, we're D&D geeks as well and, and you know we've got some pirate stuff going on in D&D at the moment so it's just been my muse I guess that's fair I get you. Yeah. Either way, it's
2: a good story. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't worry, eventually there will be a second trip through and I promise to tell you about a yeah. regular house. So, some of the ones that I did folklore stuff on, I'll do houses on and some of the ones that I did houses on, I'll do folklore stuff next I, time.
1: I, I know, I was, we're going to have fun with it, that's all I can tell you. But, the oh, yeah. uh, cool part is, um, round table discussion that will be not this next week <laughs> but the following yep. for the month end. Um, we'll figure it out but one thing that I really want to stress is um, hop on Facebook go to go to no lights paranormal on Facebook um, check out no lights paranormal at gmail.com send us messages send us your requests send us stories if there's something you want to hear or a topic you want to hear or you know you want to us to delve into equipment or or how to get started or just just bullshit about some weird strange lights out in the woods or you know whatever Um, send us a message let us know about it we definitely want to hear and we want to talk about things that you want to listen to right Um, because it's all fun for us so we need your ideas too Uh, but yeah let us know get on there interact Mm -hmm, with us mm -hmm. and no lights para on on X if you choose to go that route I'm never on it I apologize Uh, you would have much better luck emailing or messaging us on Facebook
2: i'm not on it but i'm logged into it so i would get a notification yeah yeah. if somebody
1: does message me i'll see it i just don't really post all that much i'm just not much for social media yeah yeah if you if you post (laughs) on facebook or message me on facebook i'm gonna see that if you email me i'm most definitely going to read it like literally as soon as i get it so yeah send us all sorts of fun stuff let's discuss yeah
0: no, nah, because we need good conversations. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and we can sit and talk for we need an adventure about anything. <laughs> we but, that way. but yeah, yeah, give us something fun. Let's let's talk. Let's discuss. What are your stories? Let's hear them. Yeah. So,
2: agreed again, North Carolina. We love you. We had a blast. Thank Maryland, you so you much,
1: Marilyn. Yep, we'll Maryland, see you. Maryland,
2: see you next week. Peace out to the boojum <laughs> <Enough>. <laughs> <Man>.
1: <laughs> and the hootenanny. <laughs>
2: I love it. And don't fuck with the Bobby Yaga.
0: Now, does a (laughs) hoonanny come before a shindig?